You're listening to the Short Shift Podcast, proud member of the Black and Gold Podcast Network. You can support the show by leaving a comment and five-star rating on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can contact the show via Twitter at ShortShiftPod. Cynically acclaimed, incredibly online. It's Boston Hockey Talk with your hosts, Thomas Nystrom and Andrew Johnson. Enjoy the show. Andrew, three games, 14 periods. Is that right? Three, six, nine. No, wait. <laughs> 13. <laughs> the 13 periods? 13 periods. 12 uh, and a half. 12 we'll call half. it 12 and a half. Too much hockey. <laughs> too much hockey. For, too much hockey. For, for three nights, it's too much hockey, man. Like, can yeah. we just get a fucking regulation W? This this series has been wild, man. I I want a regulation win so bad, but just the fact that this series could easily be three nothing Caps, yeah, and three nothing Bruins, and then we meet in the middle and it's two one. Is just did you expect this to be so evenly matched? Uh, I would say no, just because I. I think that the Bruins were the better team, Mm -hmm. but the Capitals are every bit as healthy as we expect them to be or expected them to be short of losing their starting goaltender right Mm -hmm. off the bat for them to have run out three different starting goaltenders is wild to me. And honestly, I do think that just the eyeball test, I feel like the Capitals have looked like the more playoff ready team. Like they Mm -hmm. just have a little bit more, just look of a team that's ready to be where they are. Mm-hmm. And the Bruins are getting no puck luck. They're getting they're getting not much help from the penalty standpoint. It almost feels it almost feels like we are down three nothing with how you're starting us. It it kind of does. And I think if anything, we haven't seen the Bruins best hockey yet and we're up two one in the series. Mm-hmm. That's a fucking positive, man. That's a positive, but you could also take it as, as, oh God, when's the switch coming on for, you know, for example, for someone like Pasternak, yeah. who I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a hot take here. I think he's a hundred percent physically. I don't, I don't know, man. I, I would like to believe that he's not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just, exactly. Just based on it, like I, exactly. I, I kind of hope that he's not. Mm-hmm. Um, he had some good looks yesterday. Uh, he also had some bad turnovers. He has, mm-hmm. he kind of, I don't want to say he looks lost on certain shifts because I don't think 
it's a forgetting how to fucking do his job thing. Yeah, I don't think it's that. He's just, he's grinding right now and it's becoming a mental thing. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's not like it just started. This has kind of been going on for a number of weeks here. Yeah. The, the, the flip side is I, I, one of the things that I said last night uh, when we were sitting here watching the game, like me and my wife, when Marshawn's on the ice, I kind of feel like something good is going to happen from an offensive standpoint. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. he is, he just, he gives me confidence when he has the puck. He has taken away some of that confidence a couple of times when he didn't have the puck with stupid fucking penalties. Yeah, we're going to get into that. I have some thoughts yeah. about that. But he he redeems himself and... I don't I don't really know what to say about the way that that game ended. I'm sure we're going to talk about that in a minute. But mm-hmm. the fact that this team has won two straight overtime games and they're at home and there's some fucking there's some fire in that team right now. They mm-hmm. don't think that they're out of the game and that is so important and we have seen that in, from this Bruins team specifically before where it doesn't matter where they are at in the game. They still believe in their mind that they have the ability to win it. And it's, it's tough to say that because it doesn't seem to really come out until the end of the third period, like the last 10 minutes of regulation each game, because during the second period yesterday, I was, I was getting extremely irritated with watching the team. They, mm-hmm. they just were not fucking doing anything. They're not skating hard. This team is supposed to have all the speed advantage and, and then they pull it out and all is well and good. And, and we're we're golden, and we're heading into another game on Friday. They were playing. I, I forget which period it was, but they got to a point where it looked like they were playing a prevent. Where uh, I, I don't think the Capitals. I, I want to say it was the second period. I don't think Capitals had an even strength shot on goal in that period. Mm. Was that was that the second period, or was that? I'm not. Even I have sure. to. I have to. I have to look at that. But. Um, and that stat was courtesy from our friend at uh, Japers Ring, Greg Young, um, that there, w- there was a period where there was n- no even strength shots for the Capitals. And as crazy as it sounds, that's playing into the Capitals' game plan. Yeah, They want you to go into the slog and counterpunch, which they've done several times in this series. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't understand why people want to bring in someone like Jared Tenorti or Trent Frederick to match their physicality. No, you put, when Lazon got hurt in game one, you bring in Connor Clifton for game two because you have to take the speed advantage where you can. Yeah. And you can't play that safe, you know, play back, play 15 yards back from the line of scrimmage style. Yeah, it's it's low event hockey, and sometimes it works, but that's not the stop that you are playing the Capitals game, and that brings that puts them at an advantage. Yeah, two things that you're saying here is like the the idea of we need to match their physicality. They basically did last night. I think we had three less hits. They did. They did. The the team's like very physical game. Bruins have not shied away from that, in my opinion. There's been some times where it looked like they didn't want the contact or whatever, but. Obviously, you're not going to invite contact, but you're not going to shy away from it when it comes to you being able to lay that hit. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. I, I have zero problems with that, and and I agree with you 100. Like, the while while I think the Bruins are somewhat designed to be, as you say, a low event team, nobody has the advantage that we have in this series when it comes to speed on 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 the Washington Capitals. 
They are a team that you should be gassing the entire fucking time. They should be on their heels. They should Mm -hmm. be worn the fuck out because they have big bodies who can't skate. They have big bodies who are going to get tired fast. That's what you have to take advantage of. And honestly, maybe that's why we're winning in these two straight overtimes. You know what I mean? Like we're still, we're we're not gassed. They looked blown up around halfway through that overtime period. They looked Mm -hmm. blown up and they were just hanging on for dear life after that. Yeah. And that's, that's the game. And that was when shockingly enough, they put the pet, they put the, they put the gas on and just tried to skate, tried to skate out, skate them. And that's what you have to do because you can do that. Well, I know I mean, there's a lot of old school hockey fans that say, no, no, it's, it's, it's physical. It's gotta be physical. And yeah, you take the hits where you can get them. Sure. But this team is, is designed physically to match up, to match up with that. Mm-hmm. But they have the horses that can outrun you. You can't hit what you can't catch. Yeah. I mean, what you're describing right there is exactly the play that we won the game on. It was a hustle mm-hmm. play. It was a play that you caught them sleeping. Samsonov yep. literally made the worst bow-handed fucking decision <laughs> of his career. And oh my we are God. fully aware that he's made some stupid-ass decisions off the ice. <laughs> but, but that play doesn't happen if... Craig Smith is not 100% putting the fucking pedal down. What is that's all that was. He straight up saw an opportunity and stole it. And it was not exactly how I wanted or expected to see the game end. But man, that's such a deflating thing for that team. This, that one play right there could change this entire series. And did you see, did you see, please tell me you saw, Alexander Ovechkin losing his goddamn mind on the bench at Samsonov. I'm going to be honest, and I don't know if this is going to be the popular thing because I saw a number of people on Twitter in the last 24 or so hours posting that they didn't think that that was a good leadership thing for him to be pissed off, blah, blah, blah. That entire team is what he stood up for. He didn't stand up for the third, arguably fourth string goaltender at this point. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. uh, he didn't stand up for the goaltender in that moment because that goaltender is outside of the Russian connection, uh, become an issue in that locker room. What he did do is stand up for the rest of the players who busted their ass for over four periods. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And to let the game go on a fucking terrible mental, like just a terrible mental error. 100% agree with this take. You have to, you have to say something. And do you do it in that exact forum? Maybe not necessarily, but in the heat of the moment. Yeah. We're going to break a stick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to chew you out. That whole team needs to know Mm -hmm. that, that I got you. Yeah. And and that's, that's the way I take it. And you know what? To, to sit here and compare him to Bergeron and his leadership style or even Chara and his leadership style. I've, absolutely, they're different leaders. And do I think Bergeron would do that? No, but I don't think he would necessarily do it in the locker room either. I don't think he's going to blast yeah. anybody. There's more than one way to skin a cat. Mm-hmm. And and like, yeah, sure. It, 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 optic, optics wise, optics wise, it doesn't look great. But you you fucking nailed it a few minutes ago. Um, he's made some boneheaded plays in in life, yeah. <laughs> not just on the ice in life. Straight so up. So I think maybe a lot uh, some of that maybe was percolating over the lid a little bit. So you know, 
leadership, leadership comes in many forms. And yeah, you know what? Samsonov, Samsonov had a, he, he, he looked, he did look great. He looked great. And he was the only reason why this game didn't end six, two. Mm-hmm. I firmly believe that. Yeah. The Bruins were not shy about shooting last night. It was refreshing. We'll, yeah. We'll it was such, refreshing. A, such a change from game one where Craig, where Craig Anderson gets in goal and the Bruins suddenly back. Are off. they afraid of hurting the old man? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't hurt him. Don't hurt him. He's frail. But yeah, just, I don't think it was bad leadership by Ovechkin. I think it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, a little bit of schadenfreude, but I don't think it was, I don't think it was bad leadership. I think that it was just kind of a confluence of the last two years <laughs> getting purged yep. in one final straw moment. Yeah. No, I mean, I've, I want to see that type of fire from our team if we get bonehead plays that cost us a fucking playoff game because they're they're fighting for their life right now. They split the series at home and then they're going on the road. You know what I mean? Like Capitals need to walk in that building and not just hand them a victory. Mm-hmm. Samsonov handed Craig Smith that fucking puck yeah. straight up. Yep. Just yep. straight up. Mm-hmm. And not only that, like the body language after the goal wasn't even what I would consider a, a, a normal reaction for that situation. Simpson, yeah, I, I kind of stood there and just like, Oh fuck. Yeah. I didn't really, yeah. I didn't really catch that. I was too busy watching Craig Smith do his fucking Cam Newton Superman celebration. Yeah. <laughs> they briefly talked about it on the post game show. What if that was Rask? Like what if, what if Rask? Oh, stop. Had stop. Done that? Can you stop. imagine dude? Oh my God. Stop it. <laughs> Bruce Twitter's been fucking awful for the last five days in general. If that was Rask, it would be it would be over with. Yeah. And truthfully, Rask defenders, such as myself, such as you, mm-hmm. and a number of other people who realize that we have a pretty good fucking situation in our goal, we would not really have much to say. No. Like to defend him in that situation. Right. Do you think Sam Sanoff is the starting goaltender on Friday night? Yes, but the leash is short. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's fair. Yeah, um, I think that if he comes out there and the Bruins pot maybe two quick ones, he's yanked. Which and, um, and you know what? I don't I don't honestly see the Bruins potting two quick ones mm-hmm. because he's he played excellent. He just made a he was great. Error. He was yeah. great. Like credit where it's due. He made he made some ten bell saves. Yeah. Um. So. No, I don't think he's I don't think he's out. Um, but I think a play like that combined with Ovechkin's reaction, where I hardly think he's the only one that's feeling this way, mm-hmm. if it's true that this is just the last two years coming to the fore, I think the leash is short. And I think that and I think it depends on who's in, like who is in yesterday, uh Yesterday, they're down to their friggin' fourth stringer, Phoenix Copley, who hasn't played in the NHL in three years. And do, do, does Laviolette go with Copley? Or that would be suicide. Yeah. Um, does do, do you go with Anderson again, who was fine? He was serviceable. In game two. Yeah. He was fine. Serviceable. Not playoff good, but yeah. fine. Or do you, Vachanek is day to day. So do you like how, 
how quick is the hook if Vashenek is even 75%? Yeah. That's kind of what I mean. Like if he's 75%, but, and he can kind of move side to side without blowing up his groin, which I thought is what he did in game one. Mm. <laughs> that hurt me. Then I think you would go, I think you would go with Vachanek in that situation, but all things equal where it looks like Vachanek is still going to be out. What other option do you have than Samson off at this point? Yeah. I guess, I guess my last thought on this particular topic is just thinking back to what our, our friend on Caps Chirp said on the podcast uh, just last week. The idea of there's some locker room discontent with Samsonov and the second COVID issue and lack of caring, lack of just being a professional. That might just add to it. And maybe that's that might be enough. Because honestly, like you would assume. Ovechkin probably defended him to a point and kind of put his name on the line in that locker room, defending Simsanov for this most recent transgression, and then to watch that happen, and that's how you lose a playoff game. Mm-hmm. That's that's why I'm completely fine with Ovechkin's reaction. He's an angry dad at this point. <laughs> if Ovechkin's the sad, angry dad, Char is the sad, angry mom right now. What are you what are you feeling right now about Char in this series? Like right off the bat for me watching the first game on NBC in the suck fest about the reminding us how he was the Bruins captain previously. Yeah. It's just, it was just so much. I'm so glad these, these games have been on Ness in the last two nights, but uh, he's, he doesn't look good at all at all. Which is the point. A lot of us were trying to make back in December. I feel bad. Because I think I think me too. He, he has he has had a, a decent season. He hasn't been terrible all year, but no, his age is kind of showing in this series. And honestly, like looking at him, like playing this team and the the whole the photo last night that uh <laughs> got that got grabbed oh. where he's just skating off sad and the Bruins are celebrating. It's just like it it's bumming me the fuck out. And I really hope that this is it for him. I I mm-hmm. hope he calls it a career after this year, mm-hmm. and this year can just be forgotten and. This could be Joe. This could be this could be Chara's Joe Montana to Kansas City year. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, so a couple of things have really stood out to me about Chara. Game two, he had four shifts in the third period mm-hmm. of a t- of a t- of a tie game of a tie game. Game three, double overtime, which which is like four and a half periods, which is which probably equated to. Uh, maybe almost 90 minutes of hockey. He had barely 20 minutes on ice mm-hmm. under 15 minutes, even strength time on ice. I believe Lavi doesn't trust him. Yeah. And I'm, you know, Lavi, Lavi, Lavi seeing what we're seeing. I think, yeah, I think at this point, mm-hmm. uh, but also like, that's kind of what the role should have been all along. 100%. And it kind of was, it kind of was during the cap season when they didn't have, certain inj- injury issues or whatever. So mm-hmm. it's kind of, it kind of matches up with how they've been trying to, or the plan to use him all yeah. year, but to watch it in a playoff setting where you know that this dude is a monster. Like he's, he's a, a he's a first ballot hall of famer mm-hmm. and to watch him just kind of shuffle around and not look right and be slow as fucking shit. Like he, he's gotten so much slower. 
he's gotten so much slower. It's it's, it's depressing, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I put out that tweet the other day that I thought was not really going to get much of a response, but I, I think I said something along the lines: "Is it is it just me, or are you disliking Chara more and more with every shift? Because he was just doing this. He's just like." At first, when I put that out, I was just tired of seeing him kind of, like you said on uh, the live stream the other day with the Slapshot Sweetheart Girls, he's he's doing these like just heel things and mm-hmm. whatnot. And then as as the last two games kind of slowly trickled down, it's just becoming kind of sad. And I just, mm-hmm. I kind of just want this series to get over with because I don't want to look at it anymore. It's it's tough, man. I'm I'm a Chara fan. I'm a I'm a Bruins fan. Like this, there's not much you can say negative about Chara. Yeah, we'll and we'll always love watch, we'll yeah. always love Chara for his contributions here. Absolutely. And I think people confuse that with the idea that yeah, letting him go was the right move. Yeah. And this is crystallizing why. Yep. It's been sad. And um, actually during that, during that live stream that you mentioned, the reason I was laughing was because, uh, Shannon immediately saw that tweet and said, explain your co-host. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think, like, I but, think a lot of people agreed with it, which is, yeah. which is interesting, but yeah, I, I, you, you just touched on it, but like, you can't make personnel decisions with your heart. No. Otherwise Char would still be here. That wasn't the Correct. decision. And the, I, I saw you post something along the lines of uh, that the, the Kevin Miller signing and the lack of a Chara signing are not one and the same, but they do kind of correlate, you know what I mean? Like, because they were kind of on top of each other and for a similar role for different amounts of money, et cetera, et cetera. But it's to me, the big difference just, was that Miller, Miller was willing to take that Chara wasn't. Yeah. Well, to, yeah. To take that position on the team. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. But it's just it seems to me like Char ended up taking a very similar position on Washington, and that's agitating to me. Mm-hmm. Like when when we look back at it, but it is what it is, I guess. And uh, mm-hmm. that is probably by far the longest we've talked about Char on this podcast in four months, which is completely fine by me, but I'm cool with it. It's, it's relevant now. I mean, mm-hmm. we're in the playoffs. It, this is where we thought we would be. So, but, um, it was actually as sad as it is as a NHL fan as, and as somebody who deeply respects this is an for everything he sees done in his career. It gave me great joy and pleasure to finally watch the Bruins attack his side. Mm-hmm. Especially on that tying goal by Marchand. Yeah. That net front, bat the puck out of the air play was set up prior to being bat- prior prior to tying the game. That set, that was set up four times in succession. They tried it four times in succession. And Charles was just standing at the net front, not doing anything. He was kind of playing halfway. He was playing the play, he was playing it passively. And then it finally happened and Chara barely, Chara barely had the, not, I wouldn't say wherewithal, but barely had the strength and the speed to turn around fast enough to stop it. Yeah. 
And it was like, it was, it was a goal like that where it was like, yeah, that's, that's why, that's why I know everybody is sad that dad left home and doesn't live here anymore. Mm-hmm. But that was why he does that. That was why he moved. It was because we get to this point of the season and father time will always be undefeated. And father remember this, be- you got to remember too, this is a shortened season. This, Add 20 more games of mileage onto them. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just, it's a bummer, man. I don't think there's anybody on the Bruins fan base that's necessarily happy to see what's happening with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether you agreed with not signing him or not. Mm-hmm. I I was on the side of, let's see what the kids can do because of the shortened season, because the uncertainty. We didn't know if we would be in this position in terms of still playing hockey right now. Mm-hmm. We didn't know what was happening with the pandemic over the winter because the season started in one of the toughest times for the pandemic in general. Mm-hmm. So right. I didn't want to necessarily commit to anything crazy for no reason. Not that his money was crazy, but let's see what the kids can do for the time that we're actually getting to play hockey. As it mm-hmm. turns out, kids did okay. We're still playing hockey. We're we're in the playoffs. The team yeah. has a good shot. You know what I mean? Like, yep. It's it was a weird year and I honestly I can't really hold anybody's decision or feelings on the decision itself against them but this mm-hmm. is where we are and it, right now as as a Chara fan it is it's not fun to watch. I'm mm-hmm. obviously happy that the team's up 2-1 but there is there is a a part of me that is watching this series and watching certain shifts of a giant fucking hero in this town and it's 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 frustrating to see, and I, I truly hope that he's he's thinking of the future in the way that he probably should have last off season as well. One hundred percent. I think I think the only way that somebody can truly understand their body's limitations is to go to that edge, and you know he thought he. He thought he still had it. And for a time in this season, it looked like he did, but it was, it, it was, it's compounding. It was all, it was it just compounded into what we're seeing right now. And the series is far from over like this, this we're, we're, we're talking about a series right now that could easily be three, nothing caps. Yeah. <laughs> if, if a couple of pucks, if a couple of pucks bounced another way, but I absolutely agree with you. Like what, what is their, like, what is, what is their ceiling? Like, and how far can you ride um, Carlson and Orloff? Is that, is, is that a first pair that's going to get you, that's going to get you far? They're both very good defensemen. They're not, I, I don't, I don't think they're a defenseman that can carry you to that threshold. Mm-hmm as a pair, as far as how the team is currently constructed, the goaltending is still an issue. And the bottom pairing is obviously Blavi doesn't is very reticent to use at this point. Mm-hmm. So do you think that there's any changes that the Boston needs to make from a, from a roster standpoint right now from line changes and everything, the, the way that we saw certain players plugged in to cover Lazan and everything like I'm I'm not seeing a necessary change right now as it stands but I've seen some people talking about obviously you still have a good chunk of the fan base who is just up their own ass and <laughs> livid that 
Frederick hasn't gotten any playing time, but that's by design, man. Like, give me an absolute, give me an absolute break with that. Oh my yeah. fucking god! I like, like I do. I want to see him. Yeah, but right now I kind of don't. These games are too close, and he wasn't. Mm-hmm. He didn't look right the last couple of games. He had two shots in his last five games. Mm-hmm. Is, is that good? I don't think that's good. No, not really. I don't put it. I don't put in Frederick. I make one change to the fourth line. However, it's not, but, but like you said, it's not necessary, Mm -hmm. but I would definitely look at it. Kuhlman for Wagner. Okay. I'd put a little bit more speed on the low, uh, on the bottom six. Kuhlman is, is lightning fast and Wagner to his credit has been banging bodies, but he's been getting, he's been getting caved in. He's been one of the main culprits of the fourth line of fourth line kind of not being up to snuff right now. I'd put, I'd keep Turali and Lazar on left wing and center respectively, but I'd put Wagner, I put Kuhlman in for Wagner. Okay. But that's the only change I would make. Well, I mean, I, I agree with you in the standpoint that I want to see as much speed as possible, specifically in this series. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I don't, I'm against the idea of putting Frederick in, in, perhaps another series. I don't think we need to put them in from a, from a physicality standpoint right now. I think Absolutely the team not. is holding their own. So that's, we don't need to just put out a goon right now. Like we're already having some issues taking too many fucking penalties and putting in a, a hothead like Frederick may not be the best idea. And also me and you said this a few weeks ago, Frederick hasn't been that same type of pest the last couple of weeks that he actually got oh, some ice time. He hasn't. He, his, his game kind of changed a little bit in, I don't. I don't know. It's just, and and let's let's get in a series against maybe Pittsburgh or something like that, or if the Islanders pull it off or whatever. Like I can see maybe getting him in for a game or two in that, yeah, and and seeing what he can give us. But I don't think he matches up right for what we actually need in this series right now. And especially with the fact that Frederick, for what he for what he provides, um, is even more of a no no because. The refs are calling everything in this series. I, I I don't think I have seen a series this tightly called this tightly called to the letter. Um, in a long while, have you? I can't remember. I can't remember where it's like you breathe wrong and it's called. I'm not exactly a fan of it. No, nah, I mean it's the playoffs. You want to let them play, but I I have a feeling that might have come down from the league to some point. Mm-hmm. With knowing that these teams have been chippy, knowing that there's the Chara thing and Tom Weis, uh, Tom Wilson's recent issues. Tom Weeson? No, no. Tom Weeson. Tom Weeson. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Keep that uh, in. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, like Wilson's recent things and to to call it tight, let's not let this series get out of hand. But meanwhile, you're letting other series get wildly fucking out of hand. So who the yeah. fuck knows? Right, right. As just I'm, I'm like and putting Frederick into that that kind of powder keg, I no thank you. Yeah, no fucking thank you. And not for nothing. Can we talk about another hothead for a second? Sure. He tied the game in the third. We love him. He's our rat, Bradley. My dude, stop trying to poke people's faces with your stick. Yeah, I mean they're gonna what? call that shit every time. I don't, I don't the understand fuck? what he's thinking there. What the fuck? What the fuck is that? You just need more it, poise out of a veteran because he's been honestly he's had 
arguably his most poised year of his entire fucking career this year. Yeah, he has. And in the last last couple games, he's done some stupid pest shit, but it's clear pest shit that's going to get called. And that's yeah. that's my problem. Be a dick. Be a dick on the ice. I don't care. And yeah, talk shit. Flex. Draw, that's draw fine. Penalties. Don't commit penalties. Yeah, and the thing the thing about that was okay in game two. Um, there was a scrum between him and Manta and the ref separated them and Chara and Chara Marchand did the little poke and Manta acted like there was a sniper sniper on the ninth floor. Yeah. (laughs) And, and okay, fine. You get, you get two for being a dick. You get two for being a puss like four on four. Let's play. He tried that with uh, Brandon Dillon and Dillon didn't move. <laughs> yeah. That's why he was the only one called. Yeah, I mean the and the initial that one led you're to talking a goal. about. Yeah. The the first the first time around that sh- could have easily just been match penalty offsetting if you will. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like if if you're going to if you're going to do the same shit and not get that rebuttal which hats off to uh to Dillon in that situation like mm-hmm. he drew the penalty. And yep. Marshawn put himself in a stupid position so. Mhm. So, I mean, I get what he's trying to do. I, I get that he's trying to get un, get under the, under the cap skin. Fine. Don't do a move that's already been called in this series. Like, uh, did you did did you have to think of something else because of COVID that you can't lick people anymore? So you're just yeah. gonna kind of kind of jiggle their noses with your stick? Yeah. Like, don't like don't. <laughs> I don't know. That just, that really got under my skin. I mean, it could have cost us the game. Yeah, exactly. And you, you cost yourself a game or two. You cost yourself a series. So Mm -hmm. luckily he's been, he's been lights out on the other end of the ice. So yeah, he bailed himself out. Otherwise that would be, that would be what we're all talking about today. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. He'd he'd be, he'd be the goat. He would be, he would wear the goat horns right now. Yeah. But we won, so who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Winning cures a lot of shit. It does. Uh, it it cures a terrible, terrible Bruins Twitterverse after game one. And all of a sudden... R.I.P. Ty Anderson. <laughs> just a mess, dude. Like, all right. If the Bruins had lost game two, would you have gone with Swayman? No. If no. the Bruins had lost last night, would you have gone with Swayman? No, you just thank you. I don't understand it, man. Like I, I get it. I'm super excited about Swayman, and the the dude is the future. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. depending on who you talk to, that future may be next year. If if Tuca may actually retire or, or whatever the situation is, which I don't uh, think is I, the best can I, scenario. Can, can I just say I I love how he fucks with um, Joe Haggerty. I know I'm, I'm mentioning him again, but. Mm-hmm. Him specifically, (laughs) because he asked him straight up, what are your plans next year? And Tuca, knowing that that's a fucking stupid question, just went, you'll have to wait and find out. And then he turns around and writes a, he's mum about his future. That must mean something article. He knew exactly what he was doing and Tuca fucking baited him into it. Like, and that's part of why people get fucking pissed off. Is that guy is that kind of stuff? I love it. I love it because it just takes like the worst parts of the overreactionary parts of the fan base and sort of stay, shakes the stick at the snake's nest. Like 
I think Haggerty and the worst part of the fan base also kind of correlate to me. Like in they, my are. Opinion, they are, they are, they are. They just regurgitate <laughs> his shit ass opinions. Mm-hmm. And like, I get it, man. He's he's a professional. He's been around this team for a long time. Mm-hmm. He also has his personal vendettas against certain people and broadcasts them like they are fucking facts sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that's what the lazy part of our fan base loves to cling to. It's the buzzwords. It's you, you feed the trolls and that's what they're going to fucking do. And the second you see somebody say something shitty about a player and then everybody just saying that exact sentence, basically almost word for word. And you could just scroll down your Twitter timeline and just see the same shit, same mm-hmm, shit, mm-hmm. same shit. It's so mm-hmm. fucking irritating, but Haggerty's Haggerty's one of those, one of those guys that puts that shit out into the universe. And it's frustrating as hell. I can't, I just can't do it, man. No. Well, it's it, it, people that, that was a, that was a tough, that I'll admit that was a tough goal to give up in game one. Went yeah. off his chest yeah. and went through his life. Hey, you know what? But you want to know something? Shit fucking happens, man. That's life. Like sometimes a goalie will let up a soft goal. We wouldn't have been in the game if he didn't have a fucking number of excellent good saves in game three. He was we wouldn't have won the game. We wouldn't have won game two. And we wouldn't have won and we wouldn't have won game three yeah. either. So he kept them in it in game two and game three. Yeah. And and game one, so yeah, yeah I don't know what I don't. We're all going to to overtimes in all these fucking games. It's not like exactly. we're getting bad goaltending, but and, I mean, just just to finish off my point, I am excited yeah. about Swayman, but I want to see experience in the playoffs, especially against an experienced playoff team such as 100%, Washington. One hundred percent. I think Swayman has an amazing future. Let's mm-hmm. just stop fucking rushing to it because you're excited about a player. Mm-hmm. It's it's just, it's not smart. It's not smart. Do you remember what happened to Andrew Hammond when Ottawa did that? They were super. S- you, you, you easily could just pay, say who? Yeah. Because he disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. He, he carried the Ottawa Senators to a playoff spot. And then he was the starting goalie for the playoffs and he got fucking rocked. Yep. And he was never the same. It's a different game. Yes. Playoff hockey is a different game. I think it might have been Oshi actually said it before game two, maybe mm-hmm. uh, in, in like a uh, like one of those sideline report things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he basically said he's just game speed in the regular season and how you play and how you prepare and how you think. It's it's different. It's mm-hmm. just a different game. And mm-hmm. I think Swayman <clears throat> Swayman seems like he's extremely poised. Mm-hmm. He seems like he has his head on straight. He seems like he has just enough of that weirdness that a goaltender needs to have yeah. as well. Like with well, his yep. goofy personality and in practices and shit like that. Yeah. But that doesn't, we don't know. We don't know what he would do in the playoffs right now. Exactly. So you have exactly. to kind of go with a somewhat known commodity, like a, like a veteran player who's been in Stanley cup finals before, who has been in the playoffs and made deep runs. You mm-hmm. have to kind of see that if, if Rask gets hurt, will I be, Nervous about seeing Swayman? No, I really won't. But I will be nervous to see if he gets, if he crumbles in the moment to see yeah, what this fan responds. base. Yeah, well, yeah. I want to see the response, but I also kind of, I would be nervous to see what this fan base would do if it doesn't go right. Oh, they'd run him on a rail. Well, that's the problem. Every yeah. person that we've talked to 
every person that we've talked to on this podcast from a different fan base is always, whether it makes the cut of the show or not, always is like, why is your fan base so shitty to Tuka Rouse? That's literally their first every question time. half the time. Yeah. Every, it's, it's I don't want to see that because it's going to happen with the next goaltender. Goaltenders are easy, easy targets. Yes, because they're the last line of defense. Yep. But Tuka Rask has had a very solid series. Mm-hmm. Any other take on that is just personal vendettas. At least half the goals that's gone by him have been on at least one to two deflections on its way to the ice. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, that goal, the 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 ta- the goal that gave him a two one lead was just a no one. That the goal that gave him the two one lead was a deflection that was that was on the defense too because he was on the because I think it was Dowd was on the middle of the ice and no one was around him mm-hmm. like there wasn't anybody back. It was just how do you expect to stop that shot? And I know people like to like to look at his price tag and say you're an elite goalie, you're supposed to stop that shot. I'm sorry, with what third arm he's going to grow out of his shoulder? Yeah, with all that money, you're just, you're buying bigger pads? Like, yes. What are, you, what are you fucking talking about? Exactly. Like, and just, honest, uh, honestly, I, I hate it when, like, fans start talking about the money aspect and what their value <laughs> is and stuff like that. That that narrative drives me fucking insane because mm-hmm. the flip side is you have certain players who take less money. Mm-hmm. Right. still play at an elite level. It doesn't. It, money doesn't always necessarily correlate what production you're going to get. Nathan McKinnon is making less than $7 million. Yeah. Like, shut up. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I get frustrated when people want to sit here and debate a cash value of somebody. Mm-hmm. You're worth whatever somebody's willing to fucking pay you. End of story. Right. There's not a single exactly. person listening to this podcast who wouldn't take a little bit more money if it was offered to them. Exactly. That's, you know, it's, 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 that's why, that's why David Backus, when you put a five-year $30 million contract in front of him, what is he going to say? No, I think I'm more of a four and a half million dollar second line center type of deal. Yeah. The only, the only thing you do when you take that kind of money is you do open yourself up Mm -hmm. for more criticism and stuff and, and not necessarily the more money, more problems. Well, that's it. That's fucking it. But Mm -hmm. I, I, have zero problem with what they're paying Rask. Do I think if they re-sign him for next year or maybe the next two to three or whatever, whatever he decides he wants to actually do, do I think his money's going to be close to what he's getting right now? No. Mm-hmm. It'll be 75% of that if, if he's lucky, but right. You know, but it is what it is, man. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and criticize somebody or use their financial <laughs> endowments basically to, to sit here and, and trash somebody for their performance. That has yeah. nothing to do with it. Yeah. Dick, Dick, yeah. They're worth being dictated by their bank account. Yeah. It's just, you know, like, like you said, anybody's going to take that money. Mm-hmm. Anybody. How are you feeling going into the next games? Good. Yeah. I'm feeling good. Um, I think that, like you said, you made a really good point. We still haven't seen what gear we, we still haven't seen the full gear. We still haven't seen the top gear of this team. I think we might have seen the top gear for for Washington, mm-hmm. but we haven't seen it for Boston, and I think that's a positive because there's the ceiling still up there. If we can hit another gear, mm-hmm. and preferably hit that gear before the last few minutes of the third period, <laughs> we're, in, we're in good shape. Right. And I think the way that the other night ended, 
I think I think the way that the game closed out on is going to be play. yeah, it's going to be it could potentially be a tone setter for the way Game Four starts. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm most interested to see. That's that's the biggest storyline for me. It's that and how is Semsenov going to respond? Like that's that's what this series is right now. And um, that's going to be that one right there. That second one's going to be the biggest storyline for me from a Caps perspective is how is Samsonov going to respond? Because he was like, I cannot stress this enough. He was excellent last night. Mm-hmm. He was excellent with the most boneheaded play of the playoffs so far. Two things can be true. Yep. Uh, how do you want to wrap this one up? Actually, there's one more thing I kind of want to touch on. Sure. Are, are you okay with how Pasternak's looked? <laughs> <laughs> What? No. <laughs> um, I set that up on a tee, and you yeah, know I mean, that's my co-host. <laughs> Pasta, uh, he he hasn't looked right, and we touched on this earlier in the episode. I do think, and would at least like to believe that he is battling something physically. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it has changed the perspective of the first line. I feel Bergeron is is playing well. I think Marshawn's playing very well. But they haven't gotten a lot of the tallies because Pasta's had some stupid turnovers. Pasta's had some missed open nets, and mm-hmm. he's had some times where he's looking to pass because he's not comfortable or whatever the situation is mm-hmm. on any given shift. Do I do I think that there's an issue for Pasta? Yeah, there's an issue right now, but I don't. I'm not condemning him because we're up two one, but he would mm-hmm. be he would be a goat right now, just as much as Marshawn for the penalties, or just as much as yeah. Tuca for for the goals or whatever. Like I feel, I feel he's going to get blamed for for this. But luckily, he's Taylor Hall has been fucking incredible and has what taken, a goal dude, by Taylor but, Hall. But his his play has taken a lot of the pressure off of somebody like Pasternak, who's supposed mm-hmm. to be one of our finishers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, him, uh, Smith, obviously with the game winner, but Smith has had some excellent shifts. Curley's mm-hmm. uh, even been fucking kind of interesting to watch on some of these shifts. Like he he's has getting in there. He's been f- more physical than I've, I've seen from him all year. He's, mm-hmm. he's almost adapted his game to a certain point where it's like, I don't know as much as we were motherfucking him up and down, <laughs> a few months ago as a fan base, mm-hmm. like uh, not much is being said about him right now because he's at least contributing positively at yeah, this he's, point. He's, he's playing, he's, he's playing for his next contract. Let's yep. be real. Yeah. He's playing for his next contract and it's probably not going to be here. Fine. Mm-hmm. But let us reap the benefits for now. Yep. So, I mean, I, I don't know what your standpoint is on, on pasta or if you wanted to add anything from what we talked about earlier, but well, I think the, I I think once that first goal comes in and that first goal will come in, Mm -hmm. I think we're going to, I think we'll see a little bit of a deluge in terms for pasta. I think it's just going to be one of those things where it's, it's, it's for me, it's 100% a mental block. Yep. I think he's physically. Okay. I think the brain pan needs a shake. Fair enough. He's got a monkey on their back, and there's been a number of guys who have had that on their back this year and have shaken it off. Jake DeBrusque has looked fantastic in these playoff. Jake, playoff, Jake, Jake, my man. But he's another dude, just like Curley. Like a few weeks ago, we didn't know if he had a role in this fucking team, Mm -hmm. and he has been 
he's been one of our best players from an he's offensive standpoint. Uh, even even on plays that didn't get finished off, he's 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 looked every he, bit the part of a playmaker and putting himself in positions. I forget who the pass was from in game three, but they tried to put it between the defender's legs and it just hit off the skate, just got broken up. And who was on the other side of that with an empty net? It was DeBrusque. He put himself in position and that's all you can do. Like put, exactly. put the pucks on net, get the passes into the fucking dirty areas and let's fucking go. Exactly. And it, he's, he's showing he's showing that straight line speed. He's showing that he's a boon to that bottom six. There is a role for him next year. It's if and when Hall gets signed, putting putting DeBrusque on the third line and maybe having Richie on the fourth line, that left side depth is nice. Nope. And I appreciate you saying when Hall gets signed. Absolutely. Forever the optimist, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> to me, they're 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 getting they're getting the ink in the pen ready right now. Yeah. I think it's a foregone conclusion. Yeah, that I mean, he's, that if he's you're, back. If you're him, where else do you go at this point? Like, where? Right. Where's the? He's definitely proved himself on a, on on the national level. That's like, okay, he's not done, mm-hmm. because yeah. that argument couldn't necessarily be made at the deadline this year. Mm-hmm. And now you're like, oh, Taylor Hall's still there. You know, mm-hmm. He's he's still there. So game four, I'm I'm feeling good too, man. I'm I'm excited to see it, and it's playoff hockey, man. This is what we've been wanting for weeks. So I'm just happy to be here. Playoff hockey is like what um, is kind of what Homer Simpson Homer Simpson said about life. It is the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. <laughs> there you go, man. Enjoy the game, dude. All right, you too, brother. I'll catch you later.